Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. Hello, listeners. I have some exciting news to share with you today. As you know, my signature course for interior designers has been a great success, empowering countless designers to enhance their skills and elevate their careers. Well, I have an amazing update to share with you. I am thrilled to announce that the signature course has undergone a complete transformation and has been rebranded as the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Don't worry, though. The core lessons that made the course so successful and transformative for designers remain intact. I've taken the valuable insights and experiences shared by our talented designers and enhanced them even further. But that's not all. I've also added some exciting new content to provide an even fuller understanding of running construction projects for your valued clients. The primary goal with this rebranding and expansion is to build confidence among interior designers like you. I understand that successfully managing construction projects is a crucial aspect to your work, and I want to equip you with the skills, knowledge, and strategies to excel in this area. With the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management, you'll delve deeper into the intricacies of running construction projects, gain insight from a seasoned professional, and unlock strategies to navigate the challenges that may arise during the process. I'm so excited about this fresh chapter in the course, and I'm confident that the added content will empower you to provide an even more comprehensive and outstanding service to your clients. By becoming a master of construction management, you'll not only elevate your skills, but also enhance your professional reputation within the industry. So to show my gratitude for your unwavering support, I'm giving away a free membership to one lucky designer on the email list. 
If you're not on my email list yet, don't worry. You still have a chance to win this valuable gift. Simply head over to my website, devinyedesign.com, and sign up for the newsletter. By joining this vibrant community of amazing designers, you'll not only gain access to the valuable insights and industry updates, but also be automatically entered for a chance to win this exclusive giveaway. Imagine the possibilities that await as you dive into the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. You'll have the opportunity to enhance your construction management skills, learn from an experienced professional, and gain the confidence needed to excel in your projects. So whether you're a seasoned designer looking to expand your knowledge or an aspiring designer eager to gain a competitive edge, this free membership could be the key to unlocking your full potential. So what are you waiting for? Head over to devinyedesign.com and sign up for my newsletter today to secure your chance at winning this valuable gift. Today's episode is a very special one that I am so excited to share my conversation with Toby Farrelly. If you aren't familiar with Toby, she is an award-winning interior designer and business consultant with over two decades of experience helping high-achieving creative professionals take their companies and lives to the next level. And the very reason I met Toby. So during COVID, when we all hunkered down and had a little more time on our hands, I joined Toby's business consultant group, Design You. I was at a point in my career, I've talked about it briefly in the past, where I thought I had seen and done it all and what could be next in my path. Toby is the one and the only reason you are listening to this podcast today. And her team allowed me to dream big and then they gave me the tools I needed and the encouragement and confidence I was lacking to take on not only this podcast, but lean into my mentoring and coaching skills, equipping interior designers on job sites with confidence. And you'll hear more about that process during our conversation. But when Toby's not running her luxury interior design firm and her consulting practice for artistic business owners, she leads an online membership community for ambitious professionals, hosts the Design You podcast, and has launched her new home decor and apparel e-commerce venture, Fairly Fancy, this month, June 2023, which was a collaboration with her daughter. Toby has been featured on television and in top-shelf publications, including Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, Fast Company, Real Simple, Better Homes and Gardens, The Huffington Post, Southern Living, and has graced the covers of House Beautiful and Traditional Home. Toby has not only been a mentor and coach to me, she has become a dear friend that I continue to lean on for advice and encouragement. So it is truly my honor to have her on this podcast that she inspired me to create and to share her wealth of knowledge with all the designers listening today. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today is a special treat for me. I am so excited to share my friend Toby's wisdom and encouragement with all of you. Hi, Toby. Welcome to the podcast. You encouraged me to host. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you for having me. 
It's such a joy. I have talked about you on the podcast. I think about you often. And and frankly, uh, none of the people listening would be hearing my voice and our ideas, thoughts, and uh, hopefully encouragement if it weren't for you and your Design You group that I joined. I think it was in 2019, early 2020, during the pandemic. Yeah, that was so fun. I'll never forget that call. I did a, like a free kind of Q&A call and you came on. And you were kind of like, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been there maybe twice, maybe three times. I get it. And we connected and it was so fun to have you come come in to the program and really push your own, I don't know, envelope to get out of the way of what could come next. And that's one of my favorite things we do in our program. So so yeah, I loved that whole experience with you and being part of that. So thanks for letting me be part of that. Absolutely. And, and I was just talking to Toby. It was basically kind of at a midlife crisis moment um, yeah. where I had felt I had seen and done it all. And yet I wasn't retiring. One, I couldn't. And right. two, I didn't think I was done, but I didn't know what else that meant. Right. And, and that was where I think some people listening to this podcast think that because they are seasoned, that they don't necessarily need more encouragement or guidance. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of my favorite things about myself is that part of it, I now kind of believe and know whether you believe in, you know, things like personality tests or something I've been learning, I've been dipping my toe in a little bit called human design and learning kind of how I'm made, which makes perfect sense when I read about my, I don't know what you would call it, my avatar or my, you know, quiz results or whatever, is that I like to do a lot of things and I like to do new things. As I was saying, one of my favorite things about myself is that I'm always reinventing. I'm always becoming the next version of me. And I think a lot of people forget to do that, like, especially as women, like we we know the path we're supposed to take. There's the, I mean, whether we're, we were encouraged maybe by our families to go through formal education or whatever, there may be that whole college route, but there's also the wife route and the mom route and all the things we're supposed to do, which not everybody even wants to do, but we have this pressure to do it. But there's not a lot of encouragement to keep becoming yourself after you do those things that sort of like we're done. Like, well, you you became a mom, you became a wife, you did the kid thing, you maybe had a job, maybe you did something, you know, somewhat noteworthy there, but like, then I guess you'll just age and become a grandma and that'll be it. And that's just not how I think. I'm always the, every three or four or five, and especially every decade, but every three or four or five years, I'm running through a cycle of, okay, that was fun. Now, now who am I going to become? And so I love, for a long time, I didn't know how to articulate that, but it was probably what I was encouraging other people to do as well, because I would see people like you were saying, kind of been there, done that, done it all. Don't really know what I want. Don't know how to tap into even desire because we tamp those down and put other people ahead of us, put our kids or our spouses or our work or our clients ahead of ourselves. We get really disconnected from what we even want. And I would say that's something that I spend a lot of time, sometimes intentionally, sometimes it just comes naturally to me, thinking there's so many more versions of me I can be. And what what else am I going to do? I don't think about age. I don't think about retiring. I don't think about getting old. I'm like, I'm going to do this podcast or this course or this business or this consulting thing. And then what am I going to do? And I know we're going to talk about today. I'm doing new things. I'm 51. I'm launching new things, new businesses. And I know these won't be the last ones either. I know there's probably multiple iterations of me beyond this too, if I have the the good fortune to live a long time and stay healthy. So 
Absolutely. And what Toby's also not giving herself credit for is she's also, especially in my case, looking back and how can I help those who may be a step or two behind me yeah. to get them further along. Because, you know, Toby and I are, are, I'm a little older, I'm 53, but when we were starting our careers, there was no internet. There was no right. online courses. There was no exactly. access to people, uh, you know, across the country except by phone, but how were you going to find them? And so I think today's, you know, newer designers have that, that leg up that I, mm-hmm. I would have killed for. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember when I was t- studying for the uh, NCIDQ, this was probably 2003. Let me think about this. Yeah, I think so. 2003, all my family were big sports fans. All my family had gone to Austin, Texas to watch the Razorbacks play the Longhorns, our big rival in Austin. I did the responsible thing and stayed home. I was married, but no kids yet. And I was studying for the NCIDQ and I had picked up this book by a lady who I've known for years now named Mary Naxtet, who had written multiple books. I think she had even written the book that we had used in like, uh, what was that class called in design school? It was like professional practices, I think, or something. And so I picked up this book that she had written and it blew my mind, just the way she broke down. She was the first person I'd seen really coach but through a book, which was kind of the only thing that was available at that time, because there was right. no internet, there were no courses, maybe an in-person seminar or two, written this big, thick green book. It's probably on the shelf behind me somewhere. And I got to the very back of it. I was looking in the back and it said, I run these masterminds. And I remember calling my mom at the game. She was at the game and I could hear people like screaming in the background. So I guess we at least had cell phones then, but they were not that old either. Yeah. And I was like, I think I'm going to call this lady and maybe join this group in New York City. We have to go four times a year. Would you want to go with me? And she was like, sure. And so we we invested in this. And at the time, I feel like it was like $4,500 for a year um, each or maybe $5,000. And then she got to come for $4,500 or something. I don't know. But I worked with Mary for like four or five years going and investing in, in myself and learning to think differently. And so she was the I had always been a fan of learning. My parents had me listening to Wayne Dyer probably when I was 12. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so weird. And why do my parents make me listen to this <laughs> stuff? But the good news was I had I was always inclined to be a student, a lifelong learner. I had gone to college forever. I had three degrees. And so it was very natural for me to say, oh, this is available to me. I didn't even know this was a thing. Mom and I went for at least four, maybe six years, four times a year to New York City and worked on in this mastermind group. And I became great friends with some people who are now well-known designers, Amanda Nisbet, Tish Mills in Atlanta. They were in my group, Kathy Greeley, my good friend from North Carolina. I had a baby during that time. I was doing all these things, but it was the first kind of clue or like insight to me to do personal development in the design industry. And I had like a knowing from that time, I'm going to do this for other people one day. Like the minute I was there, I was like, I would be a really good consultant too. I'm I'm a teacher at heart. I feel like this is me at some point in the future. And it was, it was so funny, but it was, I found it literally in the back of a textbook, basically, while I was sitting alone at home studying flashcards to, to pass the NCIDQ exam. And it was one of those like life-changing moments, honestly. And for those of you who I also have passed the NCIDQ exam, and it is brutal, people. Mm. Brutal. I wish I could say I lean on that more, but I I guess I feel it's a feather in my cap, but I'm not sure it really moved the needle much. Agreed. Um, But 
I've never heard that story from Toby. And trust me, I've heard lots of stories from Toby over the years. And it amazes me, but yet doesn't surprise me that even back in 03, in the back of a book, because again, that's where Mm -hmm. you found that information, that you were willing and saw the value in investing in yourself. Because Mm -hmm. I didn't find those back of the book ideas. I was living in New York City and I probably should have joined that mastermind. Um, (laughs) So I relied on, you know, ASID events Mm -hmm. or um, industry events that were at the D&D or the women I worked for. And and while, trust me, those were incredibly valuable, it was very small, you know, pool to pick from. Yeah, and sure. and I think now, you know, it's incredible. I and mean, Toby and I were just discussing, I work with someone who, who lives in Israel. I did randomly meet her once, but I can work with anyone anywhere in the world. I know. And Isn't that amazing? It's really cool. It's really cool. And unlike Toby, I stumbled into this whole, you know, mentorship coaching thing. I can guarantee you the day I, you know, first joined Toby's group, it was not on my, I don't know, top five for sure. Uh, Probably (laughs) nowhere on the list because, you know, you're so in the moment. So in the day-to-day grind, Mm -hmm. you think, Mm -hmm. well, what would people learn from me, right? I'm busy doing X, Y, Z, keeping all the fires down. And and I, I really do credit Toby tremendously for giving me the confidence to to see that after all those decades of doing this, of course, there's things that I can teach others. It's just, mm-hmm. you kind of have to remind yourself periodically. Yeah. I Another story that you probably, you may have heard, but the same kind of thing, like back in the 08, 09 recession is when I really moved into, so, I, so that was, let's see, that was four years or five years after I had worked, started to work with Mary for the first time. So maybe six. So in 09, Arkansas is just kind of not a big bubble to burst because we don't ever get super high on the, uh, you know, the financial side of the bubble. Like we're a rural state. Things stay relatively conservative here, but there's always pockets of money. And and I had luxury clients, mostly in Arkansas, some in some other places. And But I was starting to watch in 08 and I was like, oh, okay, this is actually a big thing. This is coming. What am I going to do? And I started kind of preparing for if all of my jobs go away, what am I going to do next? And I started asking myself kind of like how, where you were saying, like, what are people going to learn from me? I started asking myself, I was like, what is it that people are always wanting from me? And I hadn't even really, even though I knew it was somewhere in my future, I had clued in to like, this was my moment to share my wisdom or to become a teacher. And so what came to my mind is I was like, if I could have a literally a dollar for every person that says to me all the time, oh, I wish I could just come be a fly on the wall. I wish I could just be in your workroom and watch you work. Can I just volunteer for you? I promise I won't be in the way. I'll get your lunch. I mean, these are like grown women, uh, <laughs> you know, 30, 40 year old women that are like, I was probably in my, I don't even remember at that time, 30s, late for close to 40. At the time I would think, oh, that sounds miserable and I'd get <laughs> nothing done and I'd be so unproductive and they'd ask me all these dumb questions and It sounded terrible. And then I had this like moment and I was like, but wait, what if I taught them to do this? And so the very first course I had was once a week for four weeks, and it was actually teaching design and decorating. And I thought I was creating something for the consumer, really, is what I thought. And it filled up. I think I had like 25 or 40. I don't remember some number of people. And like it immediately filled up and people came. Some people drove from like Northwest Arkansas, came for four weeks. We had the best time. But it was also around the time I had started blogging. So that this all came together. Like it was just like magical. The internet was really starting to open up in a new way. I had started blogging pretty much daily. Design blogging was a thing, but I was one of the first 
actual professional designers who was blogging. Most of them were design enthusiasts. And I had all these people like messaging me and leaving comments saying, can you have one on a weekend? Like, can I come? I live in, you know, New England or California or Colorado and I want to learn from you. And it blew my mind. So I was like, of course I can have a two-day workshop on the weekend. So I did that. And it was still about decorating called Design A to Z. And almost everybody that joined was an interior designer coming to learn decorating and design for me, which was weird. And I never knew that was a thing. But yeah, of course, it's like professional development. What does she know? What do I not know? How can I stretch myself? But they also, in all of the question and answer moments, they were like, how did you charge for that? How did you get on the cover of that magazine? How did you do that other thing? And my accidental, you know, now 15-year consulting business was born because I put myself out there in a way, really trying to just solve a problem for myself, but being willing to step in and own that space of sharing my own knowledge and wisdom, helping other people, pouring into people. And it was so fun. And I have a I have a video somewhere of a testimonial of my friend Pam, um, who's a designer in Dallas, saying that I had the patience of Job, which was so funny because <laughs> I never thought of myself that way. And previously, when I was thinking that if they were in my workroom, I'd be like, get out of here. But there was some shift when I became a teacher of what I knew and a sharer of knowledge that, I don't know, it shifted something in me to say, of course, I'll no question's dumb and I'll answer everything a million times. It became really fun and I got to connect with people in a different way. And so that's really how that was born out of necessity. But kind of to your point, if I hadn't been able to see myself or been willing to see myself as a teacher, if I hadn't been willing to stretch myself and show up, if I hadn't been willing to say yes, to the next version of me, then none of that would happen. You and I wouldn't be sitting here. There wouldn't be hundreds of people, mostly women that I have mentored over the last 15 years. So it was. it's really fun to look back on on these stories and see what brought me here. But the the common thread, and you and I talked a little bit about this before the show, is really my own confidence to take the leap to say yes to things that felt scary, that felt uncomfortable. And then the number one thing I was basically selling, I guess, and giving and pouring into other people was also confidence in them, that they could do this stuff, that they could stretch, that they could learn. And people were just ravenous, like not just hungry, but ravenous for this information because it didn't exist really very many places. Exactly. And again, for those of you who haven't worked with Toby, boy, did she push me in one, uh, we were on a call and she's like, tell me what you're good at. I'm like, well, duh, I'm good at interior design. She's like, nope. Yeah, that's too general. Tell me what lights you up. And I'm like, I don't know, a, a project going right or a beautiful project I designed. She's like, nope, not enough. She's <laughs> like, let's flip it around. She goes, tell me what pisses you off. And I was like, oh my God, totally pisses me off when contractors and homeowners don't know how to work together. And the projects go wrong. I hear about it at a cocktail party. They're pissed off at the whole industry. They throw us all under the bus, regardless of who did what. And she's like, well, there's your niche. And I was like, I'm still like all fuming and thinking about what makes me mad. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean, Toby? What, what, what niche is that? And she's like, well, you obviously want people to understand how to better run construction projects and how to be successful. You're successful running them. You need to teach people how to do that. And I'll be honest, I sat with that for at least a week, if not longer, thinking Toby's lost her mind. Like, no, <laughs> nobody's doing this. She was just, you know, placating me or we were just going through, you know, a workshopping group. And, and then all of a sudden, it didn't matter where I was. 
it was in the shower. I was heading to bed. I was driving to the car. I was like, oh, oh, I could, oh yeah, I would explain this. Oh, and in demo, you've got to do that. And it, and all of a sudden the wheels just lit up and kept <laughs> firing. And it's interesting. I didn't know that your first course was for homeowners because that's how mine started. Yeah. And, and I loved it. I Don't get me wrong. There are lots of homeowners. They were fascinated, but it was the designers who kept showing up. And I've told right. the story before. I thought they were just checking out the competition, right? Like, what's this girl up to? What is she yeah. doing? But then the DMs came in and the emails and, hey, Renee, I heard exactly. you talking about this. Well, what about that? And this is the situation I'm in. And it didn't matter if they had been doing it for 10, 15 years or brand new. Everybody is looking for that that reassurance, that mm-hmm. A-OK, yeah, I'm doing it right. And then they're also looking for the, what? Oh, she's doing this, but she's doing it that way. And I'm the same way. I, I actually missed seeing Toby in High Point, but I went to lectures and say probably 80% of the lecture, I'm like, yep, yep, check, check, check. I do that. Yes. And then 20%, I'm like, holy crap, that's a really great idea. Yes. Right. Yeah. And yes. you and I Just, are seasoned. You want the validation because, yes. well, and that's, it's so interesting. I find that that, and that goes back to that confidence piece. Like the number one thing people probably need is the validation because they do know yes. a lot of it and they have an idea they could get most of it right. Like you're saying, yeah, there's the 20 or 30% that we could turn the dial and get it better or do something differently or learn a technique or a tip that would be game changer. But yeah, most of it is the constant questioning and self-doubt, especially in an industry that has so many decisions that you have to make and so many things that can go wrong. And it can be so disheartening when something does go wrong as it's going to do and you start questioning yourself. And so I think as talented as people are in their skill set and design, the thing that is the most difficult to overcome is that constant questioning Am I even doing this right? Is this how other people bill? Is this how other people run a job site? Is this how other people write specs? Is this how other people talk to clients? Is this how people deal with problems or ship freight issues? Or what do they charge for that? And that is the thing that I think is paralyzing to so many people. And just being able to hear someone, whether it's paid or free, validate that you're getting a lot of that right is so instrumental in how you show up in your business because again the number the number of times in our own little narrative in our head that we are questioning or just wondering it can really drown out a lot of our actual skill and our work because we're always not sure and so we reinvent the wheel all the time because if nobody's validating you and saying it's right then you think it must not be so surely there's a better way so we're tinkering with things and we're constantly changing and you find designers charging a different way for every client and like all of that is not only exhausting it's confusing to their customers right. too so yes. yeah the validation piece which like i said is the the other side of the coin of the confidence need that people have is just probably right up there at the top of what most people are looking for. And we haven't been good as an industry, you know, other industries, like my husband's a lawyer, other industries, they may be very cliquish in that, like, they want to keep people out of the club, like, you know, the bar is really hard or whatever. But like, once you're in the club, everybody shares best practices, they have seminars, they do all these things. We have been so bad as an industry historically at doing that. It was always like, smoke and mirrors and keep your eye on your own paper and don't tell anybody your resources because somebody else could get it and sell other people instead of you. It's like this real competitive spirit. Thankfully, that has changed over the last 10 years. But for a long time, 
nobody was sharing anything. And it was it was a scarcity mindset of like, if I tell all of them, then they'll take my clients or they'll be better than me. And that for a long time did such a disservice. And I think it was the 08, 09 recession, if I'm perfectly honest, that was like the kind of tipping point of people starting to share because everybody was desperate and we're like, how do we survive this? And then we saw it again in the pandemic. So now we've been through two huge things in the last what is that 15 years or so that have really, really moved us closer together as an industry. And thankfully, technology came along beside that. You can get access to things like podcasts and courses and stuff too. Yeah. And I think that also just furthered the ball down the field, right? If there's an internet, you can Google anything. And so Mm -hmm. therefore, the designers hopefully learned that I'm still alive. I still have projects. So therefore, I can share some ideas. I can share some resources. And then I find in the construction world that I love, it's even more intimidating because like the name of this podcast, I am 98, maybe 99% of the time, the only girl. And it is, I still get intimidated depending on the set of circumstances. If I know the guys and things like that, I, I hopefully don't show it anymore the way I used to. But sure, when you're making a decision and six guys are questioning it, you bet. You're going in your head, you're thinking, no, this is right. But is it right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, crap. His idea. No, no, no. I know I'm right. And, and <laughs> yeah, totally. That validation is missing because there's right. no one you can turn to. And I've no. had design assistants, I've had, you know, helpers, whatever you want to call them. Frankly, they are not in the position other than, yes, Renee, you likely have it right. 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 You know, they, they, they don't, don't have the life experience to even have our maturity, not anything against them. They just haven't no. gotten there yet. They haven't built that. That they haven't like used that muscle enough to have their own confidence, so they can't really support us either. And right. a lot of times, that's who's that's the only person designers are looking to is like their exactly. team of less experienced people. Not that they're not experienced; they're just not. They haven't been in that lead role, and they don't know how to support you in that way. Yeah, right. Because frankly, they're there to learn from you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Did you ever read the book? It's been out for a while, probably ten years. I don't remember how long but it's called The Confidence Code yes. uh, with Claire Shipman and another lady wrote together. And it was so fascinating, especially as I was thinking about what you were saying about men and men will literally just bullshit and, you know, just like totally say whatever and, and believe themselves and have confidence. They'll negotiate for jobs they're not even qualified for. And on the flip side, women do the exact opposite. We question everything. You know, we're way overqualified if we're going to apply for a job. And so most of the time, you're probably the one of the most qualified people in that circle, but you're the one questioning yourself and they're not. They're questioning you, which is really fascinating human behavior, but it's very frustrating when you're the person that is the only girl on the job site that's right. in that position. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And frankly, a lot of the designers that that are in the course now, I actually wasn't sure what the kind of demographics. We do have new designers. There is a lot of seasoned designers who, you know, share with me, gee, Renee, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I kind of thought I knew what I was doing. You reassured me that, yeah, I do, but that there's other areas. And then there's this people and community where I can actually say, hey, guys, what do you think of 
fill in the blank. And exactly. So many of us work in small and or alone firms that like we just said, there's no one else to ask except the super on the job. And you know, he's coming at it, like you said, with his own set of, of issues or concerns or schedule deadlines. And he's mm-hmm. not necessarily taking, which he shouldn't, the same perspective that the mm-hmm. designer who's representing the client is. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's been really it's been an honor and a joy and extraordinarily humbling to start helping these other designers get through those hurdles to to take that uh, that 20% if they are seasoned and mm-hmm. really fly with it and mm-hmm. frankly i've learned from them i mean i exactly just, i learned so much from the students and the the designers the creatives that i work with so yeah. much because there's never a point, especially in our careers. I mean, think about how much our careers have changed since yes. we first entered. Constantly changing. Constantly. And it's going to continue. To I feel constantly. like we're in really a pivotal moment again right yes. now. I see a lot of people struggling to stay in business right now. I see other people thriving and having tons of business, but I see a lot of people struggling. I see a lot of people burned out. I see a lot of people questioning is this even for them? Is this even worth it? Is it even possible to be successful? And I understand why. And then, we, you know, we've continued like, coming out of supply chain issues with COVID and then looking into the face of things like AI, artificial intelligence, and what's going to happen, like what the internet and what technology can do to replace our kind of body of knowledge, at least in a lot of ways. Yeah, we're, we're definitely in another pivotal moment, I think, right now. I agree. And you did a wonderful podcast on AI and I did, I did a similar one because people are terrified about it. And mm-hmm. and frankly, I have started to use, I've dabbled a little, I'm not very tech savvy, but I have started to use it. And, and then I also related it to, and Toby, you'll laugh as well. Like we started drafting when CAD was introduced, everyone freaked out. And can you imagine life without CAD now? No, I mean, no, no. And no. here we are, live and well and, and right. successful. And so there have been so many. And then, of course, the internet and at the time. Every innovation, and, right? Car, every from innovation. horses to cars, like, right? you know, airplanes. We all, everybody freaks out. But like, it's all, if you, well, it depends on your mindset. If you're open to it yes. and you embrace it and you have more of an abundance mindset of like, this is not going to take me out. I'm going to adapt and like go with it versus being replaced by it. That's one thing. The people who come from a place of fear, I think are the ones that will struggle the most. I read Agreed. some really interesting articles that were talking about how, and this makes so much sense, like the people that won't change and adapt will become dinosaurs, but the new designers coming out of college over the next 10 or 15 years that have, you know, same thing like with CAD, the new designers who never knew there was hand drafting, like never worried about CAD replacing them. The new designers who, and creators and innovators who come through the process of learning with AI instead of being afraid of it, they'll be completely different in the way they show up. And frankly, maybe this is something I need to believe, but I think those of us who have the one foot in old school, one foot and are not afraid to put one foot in new school, we bring an extra level of excellence because we are willing, we are willing to blend, right? I still do some hand drawings and frankly, my clients love them Mm -hmm. because they think they're extra special. I'm thinking, well, that's really all I can do. Um, and, (laughs) And I bring my CAD in addition. And I think AI is the same way. And I think if we can embrace it and, and not fear it, like you said, and see how, okay, great. How can I use it? Right. It's not coming at me. I want to go with it. And, right. and I think that's the mindset that really has to be 
taken into consideration. Even, you know, again, like what Toby was saying, there's some people that are thriving and some people are struggling. And I see that in the, the Facebook groups. They're like, oh my gosh, is there going to be a recession? Is there not going to be a recession? I, the phone isn't ringing. Oh my gosh. I think I'm, I saw one woman go, I think I'm going to get my realtor's license. I'm like, Okay, well, first of all, I'm not sure that's really the good segue, right? Because (laughs) if you haven't noticed, it's the housing industry that's causing us this problem to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Again, it's that I I was like, Toby, I I made it just fine through 08. Was I nervous? Of course. But Mm -hmm. I I leaned into my construction projects when my decorating, you know, dried up. And, And then, lo and behold, they led to decorating projects. Right. And then with the pandemic, you were sitting there saying, what else can I do? Because we can't go in people's houses, well, I can teach, I can be online. And it was such perfect timing because that was really a moment that online education was exploding because everybody was at home behind their computers and had time to learn. So yeah, so fun. I was thinking as you were talking about AI, I'm like, it's really, that seems like such a, and it is a huge pivotal thing compared to, in a lot of ways, compared to the even the pandemic, which was so devastating and so shocking, AI has so much potential to change the world forever, not just like for a period of time, I guess. But but I was thinking it's really no different than you being willing to adapt and think out of the box and say, okay, if this goes away, what am I going to do now? And that's the same thing I did in 08. That's what that looks like. And so, yes, a lot of us may have to change parts of what we do in our business in the day to day. But right now is the time to be saying, if this goes away what strengths do I have? How do I play with this technology? What would a client need from me if they didn't need what I've been giving them? And so, but a lot of people want to just give up and be like, well, that's the end of this profession. No, it's re- there's every single time there's a major game changer, whether it's a recession, the pandemic or AI, it's all about you being willing to say like, what does this make possible? Not what does this prevent? And it'll make so many things possible and it'll make life so much faster. How many of us just are constantly bogged down with all the, the decisions? And part of us thinks, oh, that would be so sad if I didn't get to make all those decisions. That's the fun part. Well, sad, sort of. But what if you could do your job in like, you know, 40% less time because we're all constantly overworked? That's major game changing stuff. And what can you do with that 40% that you just freed up? Whether it's, take care of yourself and be with your family or go invent some other part of your business. Major game changer stuff. Yeah. And the research I did on the AI for that show was there was a common denominator and that was they cannot replace humans. They can replace what humans produce, but they can't eliminate the human connection, right? right? They just simply can't. So, okay. I don't know any designers who don't have amazing interpersonal skills. Right. right. That is what we do best. Right. Yes. We, we are in sales. We understand. We empathize. None of that can be done with a computer with accuracy. I mean, I'm sure they can right. you know, write write a program to mm-hmm. do almost anything. And so, you know, a lot of the things I kept hearing was client experience, you mm-hmm. know, elevate that. Frankly, I know a lot of designers, myself included, that the client experience falls down a level because right. there's so many other issues. Not that enough you're working time with. in the day. Yeah. Not enough time in the day. So if that AI gives me more time, guess what I can do? I can elevate my client experience. And yes. there's a hell of a say. Ah, that's what I want out of a luxury service. Yes. You know, so I think it it is something that just takes a moment to take the fear out and just really sit with it calmly and say, well, wait a minute, what can it do for me 
to allow me to do something for my clients. Because mm-hmm. Toby's right. What we did in the early 90s in New York with our projects, I don't do probably 35% of that now, if not maybe more, because I have the internet, because I have computers, because I, you know, I have a right. cell phone for God's sake. You don't sakes. spend 12 hours building design boards that you cut out of foam core and glue fabrics on and tuck them around the back and tape them and like use like a rubber cement and print out labels and glue them. I mean, remember the hours we spent doing yes. like pre- presentation <laughs> boards and now we can do like a mood board on a computer in like an hour. It's so crazy. The okay. Yeah. So fun fact, and I probably shouldn't admit this. I still have my boards from design school. Mm-hmm. True story. My husband found them in the basement. He's like, what the hell are these? And I'm like, don't <laughs> touch them. They are sacred. And he goes, seriously, Renee, they're half falling apart. I'm like, I may even glue it back together because the <laughs> amount of time and energy yes. and tears that went into those damn boards mm-hmm. mean something. Yes. And I know anyone who is you know, not even that much younger than us is going, really? Like what's foam core? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You used an X-Acto knife and a piece of that board stuff you get out of the lobby. Yes, we did. Uh, I swear. Hours in design school spent at Kinko's running copies of because you didn't have computers and printers, like like yeah. running copies of images of like furniture to then cut and paste and rubber cement onto foam core. So it looked beautiful. It was kind of fun, actually. So yeah. I believe my father said half of the tuition, again, on top of the tuition, went to Sam Flax, which anyone <laughs> in the New York area knows that was where I had to buy all my supplies. And thankfully, yeah. it was about four blocks from the school in, uh, mm-hmm. at NYSED. But yeah, I, I mean, agreed. I find those bags. It's got a big a, orange logo on it. Mm-hmm. And and I it kind of warms my heart and terrifies me all at the same time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a little triggering moment. Uh, well, so, so Toby, the one thing I do want to get really dig into, and one of the reasons I brought up this change in AI and how we pivoted is I had a brick and mortar store. Mm-hmm. I came out of New York. It was an itch I wanted to scratch. I had worked for Charlotte Moss and she had this just amazing boutique on Lexington yes, Avenue. Did. I went to it. It was fantastic. Yes. I swear I didn't bring a dime home for my paycheck. I, <laughs> I spent it all right back in her store. And so I opened that in, uh, I was actually just trying to remember, my daughter was born in 07 when I closed it. So I opened it in the end of 02. It was amazing. I loved it. It was an itch I wanted to scratch. Like I said, I would never want to do retail again because it's not in me to do it. Mm -hmm. But guess what I also didn't have to worry about at the time? And that's the internet. The internet was just coming about towards the end of my four-year run with that store. And it is amazing. The friends I made in retail, I still go visit their stores. I'm the first to say, no, 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 I don't need a bag because I know how much those bags cost you. (laughs) You know, you see things so differently when you Mm -hmm. experience this, but the retail market has evolved, right? I mean, so many of my friends don't have brick and mortars because they don't need to. They don't need the rent. They don't need the employees. They don't need all of the crap that came along with it because they can do Mm e-commerce. But there are still some brick and mortar stores, right? Because we, I want to go shopping. I want that Mm -hmm. again, client experience. Now, I have higher standards, right? You'll go into a store and it's sort of like thrown together. And maybe from my retail days, I'm like, oh, well, they could have done this or they could have done that. Same. Same. Uh, But really, I mean, so I think, again, the internet changed everything, but I think for the better. Right. 
right? Yeah. And yes. so, so Toby, tell me, this is really exciting what you are doing. I also think she's crazy because I don't know where she's fitting this into her calendar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. So, well, and, and another piece of this, we were talking a little bit about earlier that you and I both started our courses to consumers. Then we moved to the design trade. And so what's interesting now, and I'm never going to leave like coach, well, never say never, who knows. At the moment, it feels like I will never leave coaching and consulting designers. It's just a part of who I am. I love that work. And I love that I have different, not only different revenue streams, which can be beautiful depending on how the economy and other things change, but just it keeps it way more exciting to me to do different things in the day. But we are moving back right in this moment as we speak to the consumer in our business in a big way for a number of reasons, some of which is even like testing and anticipating what that future will look like if the design trade does shrink again or change again based on technology and other things. And there's a much wider net you can cast to serve the consumer base versus serve a small niche industry like interior designers. So like we will have both and we're not abandoning our interior designers. We love you. And of course, the beautiful thing about the my favorite thing about the work we do is I'm always willing to show pretty much in real time, like what's under the hood of what we're doing at any moment to the designer. So that, cause I, I don't feel the need to keep it a secret until it's like successful. Like I'll, I'll just show it all while we're headed on that path. So, but moving towards the consumer again. And so there was, I had a retail store from 1999. That's how I started my business actually until about probably 2008. I was trying to remember Ellison was a toddler. I think I, I think I started closing it and moved to, just design because my design business was thriving and always carried the retail. Like it was, the retail was beautiful, but people would come in and, you know, a a week after you got something, it was already old to them. When are you getting new product? I had, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in inventory, even in a 2000 square foot store. I don't know how people have these, you know, giant stores. I had 2000 square feet and I probably had two or $300,000 of inventory in there. And I was like, this is, it's, they're two businesses. And at that moment with a toddler, it was too much. And the design was what was thriving. So I moved away from retail, moved towards design, but also then that was kind of my entry into coaching other designers. So it was kind of an interesting thing. Give up, open up some time to do something else. So, but long story short, from 08 until a year ago <laughs> or so, <laughs> you would have heard me say, I will never do retail. You probably heard me coach people in design you and say, Retail is really hard. If Charlotte Moss and Bunny Williams can't keep stores open, how can anybody keep stores open? But to it your is point, really hard. <laughs> it changed again, though. It changed yeah. again. Okay, so to your question, what am I doing? I am opening a mostly e-commerce, tiny, tiny little retail, and I'll tell you about the retail boutique and why it even exists in a second. Because it's not because I want another retail store. It's kind of out of necessity but really moving towards e-commerce. And I've been going to do this for a while because I have product lines that I've designed with Woodbridge Furniture and other things. And there's a lot of opportunity and money in selling those yourself. And so about, I don't know, six or nine months ago, I was sitting at High Point Market um, in the Woodbridge showroom with Lauren Lees, who also has a a line for Woodbridge. And we both do really well, like multiple millions of dollars of sales with our collections with, with Woodbridge. And I, ha- I just hadn't gotten around to putting it online. When I started with Woodbridge, I was their first licensing partner. They didn't even have it together. But Lauren has figured this out. And we were sitting there and Cass, who works there, said, Lauren, do you know how much business you're doing with your, I mean, and she's like, no, I don't know. I'd have to ask Dave. And she's no, like, no, I can tell you, you are our top designer 
of all the designers that buy from us because of your retail store, not because of the size of your design projects or your e-commerce store, not oh, retail, but e-commerce, e-commerce. Right. So it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars of business that she's doing. And it had been on my list to do for a long time. And I was like, okay, I'm convinced. Like we got to get this e-commerce shop up. So I was going to just like do a home e-commerce store. It's beautiful now because since I got out of retail and since e-commerce has become a major thing in the last five years, a lot of the kinks are already figured out. I'm not forging my own way. Like Shopify already knows how to do everything. There's there's softwares for your customer service. There's softwares for your marketing that completely integrate with Shopify. Like they literally figured it all out, which back in the day, I was trying to trailblaze that stuff. And I couldn't, there was hardly even an internet. I couldn't even tell the other side of Literock that I was having like an event at the store without sending them an invitation in the mail, right? Or trying or to carry your pigeon on the phone. Exactly. <laughs> so it has come so far that it is so different. And I'm the perfect example. I, I would literally buy everything online. Occasionally I go in a retail store, but I love to shop online. So full circle moment. Yes, let's get e-commerce. At the same time, my daughter who her last day of high school was yesterday as we're recording this. She's very much like me, very confident, knows exactly what she wants to do, does not want to go to college for nine years like I did, does want to go once, wants to get out as quickly as possible and wants to study apparel merchandising and construction because she's always been creative, but on the fashion and makeup and influencer side. And her dream is to have an apparel boutique. So the, I don't even remember, I'll, I need to think back of what that conversation was, but somehow in the last year, the Toby coming into e-commerce turned into what if we do this together and start having apparel and other things online too. And now we have a, an e-commerce joint venture, mother and daughter that as we're speaking here is launching a couple of weeks later. I don't know when this show will run, but we're launching June 1st of 2023 called Fairly Fancy. She didn't want it to be called Toby Fairly Home. She's like, if we're doing this together, it's got to be like me and you. And I'm like, I get that. I get that. Totally. Um, she has no desire. She always has said for years she didn't want to be a designer. She wasn't going to work for me. She has come full circle, but it's different. So we're launching. It is so exciting and so much fun. And I have changed my tune at least to some degree. And I'll let y'all know. I mean, like, let me get some experience and see if I, if I continue to change my tune or if I'm like, no, that was a bad idea. But there is so much available to support e-commerce shops in a way that was not there, even when Charlotte and Bunny had their stores. Like it Absolutely. just was not there. They were a little ahead of their curve in that transition. Like they kind of got caught in the middle of the internet making boutiques obsolete, but it hadn't come, nobody had solved the problem of yes. how to make boutiques be able to compete with Amazon or whatever, because they hadn't done, figured out all the Shopify and all the technology and all the things. So in Instagram, like Instagram is instrumental in these boutiques and these shops that are selling clothing and home decor and stuff all over. And a lot of the research I've done and the information I get from the vendors is that the shops that sell both home decor and apparel do really well because you don't need to come into a shop for a sofa every single week. But a lot of times you do want to come in and buy a top every single week. And so while you're there, you're like, they sell each other, they support each other, they Absolutely. balance the revenue yeah. stream. Really, really fun. And so the little quick story about the retail is just 
there are lines that require you to have brick and mortar to carry them. They won't just do straight e-commerce because they don't want everybody in the world just trying to throw up an e-commerce shop and kind of pimp their wares. And so they want you to be serious. And so we're doing a teeny tiny little retail space. We're actually doing it outside of Little Rock for a number of reasons. A, it's super cheap. B, my mom owns some properties we can use for the space. D, we can have any protected line that you can't get in Little Rock because somebody already has it. Nobody has it in that little town. And back in the day, it wouldn't have worked because you would have had to have foot traffic, but now you no longer have to have foot traffic. So we're going in a little temporary space in June. We're renovating this vintage gas station that's true across the street, like literally across the street, 10 steps from my mom's house into this little destination. And the fun thing about having the boutique is, yes, we'll get some foot traffic. Yes, we'll be a destination, but it's really it's really a TikTok and an Instagram backdrop. It's really a place for people to see and get excited and fall in love with it. And they will never, most of them set foot in the store ever, but they will buy from you because they're seeing this quaint little experience and the things you have and the way you present them online. So it's blowing my mind what's possible, what's available, how it can work. It's such a fun experiment. We're going to see if we can get it profitable in the next four years to support my daughter if she still wants to do it when she gets out. Like I am remembering that if I don't like this, I better not do it and like not get resentful. It's not just for her. It's got to be really for me too, because I want to give her the freedom to say, I thought I wanted that. And now I changed my mind. I mean, she's 18. Like there's going to be a lot that happens between 18 and 23, but I, I kind of know her and don't think she'll change tremendously. She really does love this. And so we'll see, but it's really fun and it is, it's mind boggling what is possible these days. And as I was telling you before the show, it's also mind boggling the amount of work to put this together. I had no idea. Thank God I found this consultant that a Shopify and e-commerce consultant that fell in my lap from a, just an internet contact. I didn't even know I needed a consultant. My gosh, we wouldn't be opening for like three years had I not had him and his team and he's worked with, he he helped launch Serena and Lily's e-commerce. He's worked with Ralph Lauren and Brooks Brothers. He's worked with Caitlin Wilson and her whole e-commerce. So he's truly so knowledgeable. I think I've sent him 15 clients since like last <laughs> uh, January when I found him. But I couldn't have done it without them. But it has been a big, big job. But it's really fun. And I think it's rewarding. And I'm kind of also a little bit terrified. Not that it's not going to work. But just a little bit terrified of what I don't know yet, because you sure. basically have to become an influencer, which I'm happy to be in that space. But like, that's different. Me, like putting on a dress and showing all what it looks like is way different than me saying, pick this paint color or whatever. Right. right. So it's it's going to be fun. It's exciting. It is definitely the next iteration of me, as I was talking about earlier in the show. And it's and it's a, a direct connection to the consumer because we know consumers, especially in America, love to buy things. Whether yep. it's whether it's Absolutely. good for the planet or not, we love right. to buy things. And even when people can't do full home or kitchen remodels, they're going to be able to buy a lamp online or some chairs or a top. And so it is another way to for me to test kind of hedging our bets against recessions and change and technology and seeing what happens. Because I think at the moment, technology is really setting e-commerce boutiques up for success in a way that it didn't four or five years ago. And even things like TikTok, whatever you think about TikTok, I think it's pretty amazing. But whatever you think about it, it still is a game changer in this area of e-commerce. So, yeah. And so for anyone listening who isn't familiar with Toby, what she just described is classic Toby. 
<laughs> yes. She is always forward thinking, always saying yes to an idea until it proves itself not worth doing. Yes. She's not afraid of taking risks. She's also not afraid of bringing in people who know more about things that she doesn't know yet. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 frankly, I disagree about your um your concept of just having this be for consumers, because here's the thing. Oh, that agree, I've learned. agree. Yes. No, not just you know whether you have a trade account or any of that, but here's the thing: if you have a young woman, let's say, and she is totally into everything you're selling, and she's buying the lamps and the rugs and things like that, mm-hmm. some designers would say, "Oh my God, you're stealing our clients." I would say you're basically grooming them to want more, to want that finished product that they will finally hit a ceiling. And actually, I shouldn't say finally. They hit the ceiling pretty quickly because if they're really into that level of style and sophistication, they need help. They need professional help, which basically drives them into the demographic that all designers are looking for, right? And so I actually love these little boutiques that have it. And and I, my store was like yours. My design work out the back was supporting the front Mm -hmm. of the house. Mm -hmm. And, and really, you know, people like, oh, this is so clever of you to like drive your audience. I was like, oh, was it clever of me? Okay. (laughs) Accidental. That's basically. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great because I could all that thought. But, you know, I really find it fascinating. And again, with the designers that were in the group with me at Design U, and hell, even designers that were in uh, New York School of Interior Design with me. I mean, one friend is an auctioneer. Uh, one friend only does historic renovations. One friend, There's so much you can do inside of the umbrella of interior design, whether it's yes. coaching and mentoring or retail spaces. You know, I, I think it's fascinating. And, and so few industries have that that width, right? Mm-hmm. And the breadth of ideas. Exactly. And, and, and they're always evolving and, in my opinion, adding to, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah, think it's and amazing. And to your point about designers, we are going to be very designer friendly, trade discounts. We are already, and we're waiting to launch, but like we're already using all the different technologies. So we're, we have applied to be a brand instead of just the influencer on all the sites, like, like to know it. So people can get like, so if designers and people make mood boards and put things on their Instagram, like they can get paid by us a commission for selling our products. So like we could be an additional revenue stream for somebody. We're going to do a lot of our own influencer things where we're going to have a fancy fashionista come every month. And it could be everybody from a designer to a stylist to some other creative person I know. And we're going to let them come like curate mood boards and maybe even have a subscription box that they put together that people can buy and like all kinds of fun things to really promote the design trade too, because it's not just us. And so us getting access to their audience, them getting access to our platform and having us give them credibility is for sure a win-win. So we aren't by any means, as you said, abandoning the design trade. I'm just, you know, it is a bigger shift for me back to having kind of the consumer first top of mind, but also very aware that the consumer is also the client of many designers and they look to their designers to tell them where to shop or what to buy. And more and more designers don't want to mess with procurement anymore. And they would rather take their 20% commission because they work as a sole practitioner. And it actually could be a really good revenue stream for them to be able to, to make money on these things. So all in with the design trade, see the value in both. And we'll capture the direct-to-consumer people that that don't want to hire a designer that never were going to, and they're going to shop on their own. But we'll also be friendly to all the people who want to bring their customers to our site and our brand. 
and yeah, all the things. And just to add to your load, I want you to put somewhere on your to-do list in the future, perhaps near future, regional pop-ups. We've talked about pop-ups. Right. And the, the other thing we're moving towards, maybe as soon as next year, 2024, um, is we are going to do some of our own product design, um, not like even in apparel design. And so not as a licensor. So products, but that have a, a really niche, exciting idea. So we've got a separate LLC that's kind of sitting on the side with this huge idea to potentially create a very niche home product and potentially some apparel product to go with it for this specific part of the consumer kind of interest. That'll be really fun. So I'll, as soon as I can talk about that, I'll tell you about that. But that's part of this because longer term, who knows? Who knows if it's it's a retail store? Who It's really like the idea kind of started, and I forgot to mention this earlier, was this other idea of creating our own product. And then I decided like it's a bigger endeavor. It requires a lot more cash infusion into it. And so I decided to go build the e-commerce first because I already had access to my own products and other people's products, build the client base following, fund some of this other endeavor, and then start dipping our toe in making our own product. And I haven't done that either. So that's going to be a fun thing too, because I've been, I've learned so much licensing product with other people and learning about construction of home decor and home furnishings. And then with Ellison's knowledge base that she's going to learn in apparel, and we have some access to some other people doing their own apparel lines, like we may dip our toe in some of that too, and just see, because in the future, we may just be a brand that produces the product and even sells it in other people's stores or at other markets. So like I said, there's there's more iterations of me out there. They're like they're not slowing down. Hopefully they won't for a long time. So no, I, I have no doubt. And anyone listening who knows Toby is chuckling right now because we would expect nothing less, frankly. <laughs> so yes to pop-up shops. And then and what that reminded me of is like there's a bit this other thing we're potentially building is so perfect for some pop-ups in a certain like category. So that, and that's going to be really fun. So yes to all of that. Yeah. yeah. And and I think it's amazing. And, and for those of you who haven't had the pleasure of being coached by Toby is I hope you're hearing through her voice, her encouragement. So for instance, she just told you a whole lot about what she's doing. There was no smoke and mirrors like she was mentioning earlier. She probably, you know, go offline with me and give me even more details totally. if I asked. I right? would, all, of everything that I just said yeah. I can't say yet, but yes. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. right. And I think I want to encourage all the designers listening. You know, we're, we're stronger together. For, I mean, mm-hmm. that goes without saying. And what do they say? The the rising tides rise all boats. Yeah. We're not competitive. If if frankly, if Toby and I lived in the same town and we had one design client that was interviewing Toby and interviewing me for the same job and they hired Toby, then I wasn't I wasn't meant for that job. Right. right? We offer different things to everybody. And I think again, it, it sort of circles back to the confidence. You have to have the confidence to know that you're right for your clients. You know, Toby is right for her clients. Toby's e-commerce store is right for consumers, designers, and everybody in between. And I think it goes without saying that that building confidence is probably or should be your everybody's number one goal. Yeah, I think the last thing I will add to that is I think when you build confidence in the way we're talking about what we're really even saying is where you're building belief in yourself. So I think that's the thing that keeps me from feeling competitive, that keeps me willing to share things with people and not hide at all, is that I already know where this idea came from. There's 50 more that are just as exciting. 
And so if somebody does, I mean, I'm not saying like, I want people to steal my ideas, but if somebody does become more successful in an area and it's not like my, it proves not to be my lane, there's 10 other things I'm already on that I might try. And so, I mean, and most of the time there's room for multiple people in a space and you're going to, you are going to do it your own way, like you said, but I always fall back on if something goes away, if internet removes technology in some way, there's something else for me. So like, for example, if the internet makes it where doing one-on-one design, if AI does, is not really a thing, I don't think that's where it's going. But if it were to go there, even AI needs to send people to a shop to buy the lamps. Even AI needs to send people to the you know, the new uh, product line to buy the the new table or the new apparel or whatever. And so I'm just going a little bit farther up the supply chain ladder or down maybe than I've been before and thinking like, what's a step before that? If it replaces us out here, then how do I take my knowledge a step back from that? What else? How can I be, still be part of this experience, this journey, this supply chain? And what I've learned about e-commerce is, yes, we will have products that other people, they're not all ours. So, you know, we'll have Woodbridge products, we'll have other products in our shop. And it is about curating product, but AI is also going to make it so easy for people to say, well, this lamp is also at this other store, which one has it cheaper? So what I've been learning already is the more we can have in our own store that is unique to us, that we either custom color something with an art line that they don't sell in any other store. So people have to come to ours or custom color a fabric and make pillows out of it because it's not even starting from scratch. We don't have to design the fabric. We have to design the partners that are willing to let us make something our own so that when people fall in love with it, if you're good at promoting it, they can only get that thing from you. So like that's the name of the e-commerce game these days is how how unique, how curated, and what special mix of products can you have that are going to be bring people there that aren't just trying to find it the cheapest place. There will be some of those, but that are more coming to see what's unique, what you're doing different, and fall in love with the things that your design eye, which is really fun as well. So, And I hope everyone listening understands if you're not interested in e-commerce, what Toby just described applies directly to what we do, our interior design, right? We're curating, we're grabbing from Brunswick and Kautenentout and Kravit and, Mm -hmm. you know, custom lines. We're putting it together in a living room in a way that Toby with the same fabrics might curate it a different way. Exactly. And so I think, again, with the AI and and all of these advances and the changing it and not taking it as a fearful moment, like, oh my God, we're done. We're doomed in Mm -hmm. three years. You say they can only take it so far. Yes. Right. And so for Toby, she's going to make her products unique to her and designers make their product unique to them, whether that's through Mm -hmm. customer experience, whether that's through construction management, whether that's through curating, decorating projects in a specific and unique way to you and your client. I mean, really the sky is the limit. And and again, Mm -hmm. I think it it comes, like you said, a belief in yourself that you have the chops, you have the the willing to learn new things Mm -hmm. and the willingness to bring in people when you need them, right? Like you said, I would have, I mean, I know what Shopify is, that's about all I did. That, that's same, the extent same, of it, right? Same. I was like, oh, we'll figure it out. Uh, no, we would no. not have ever figured it out. And we literally moved ourselves ahead five years by leaning on this person who is such an expert and worth, is expensive and worth 10 times what I pay him. Well, yeah. and that's the thing. I mean, in Toby's group, without her and her design new community, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today, right? Mm-hmm. That flat out wouldn't be doing it. Wouldn't even know how to do it, let alone 
have dug in and done it. And and the same thing for any course. Our, you know, our course in renovation, we we say we we save you three years of a learning curve yeah, totally. because I've been there, done that, and have mm-hmm. been very open about it. My mistakes were made working for other designers and love them as I do. They absorbed my mistakes, mm-hmm. right? Whether that was financially yeah. or just emotionally. Right. Yeah. And and so learning curves can be avoided or sped up, I should say, yes. when mm-hmm. you invest in people who have the skills that you are hoping to obtain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know we're wrapping up. I know this is long yeah. and we could talk forever. I do want to say, we've talked a lot about Design You. We did just bring Design You in its current form to a close. Like it's it's going through next year, but we, we had our last class of people come through right now. Not because we're stopping that work, just because we're we're iterating on what that looks like as well. And so it's been a 12-month program. We've loved it every minute of it, but I think the current consumer wants a little bit different approach to something. So we're testing the waters again. I think some people want to be able to just buy a class or course we have, not buy the whole year thing, or they want to, yes, work closely with us, but maybe do that for four months, not 12 months. And so we have some new things coming either later this year or at the beginning of January. We're kind of figuring out when those happen right now. But in the meantime, because you may want to learn from me, we are just basically right now in the next few weeks rolling out some of our courses as one-off courses that you can get for a much lower investment than when you bought into all of Design You. And we have some one-on-one consulting hours, like power hours with me and some strategy days, which we haven't done in a while that we're opening back up so people can get access to me and my brain and all of these. If you want me to think about how you could create something in your own business, you can hire us in that way until we have this other new thing roll out, which is going to be really fun. It's basically going to be all the highlights of Design You in a shorter length container And then we also just launched what we call the legacy program so that anybody that's been in Design You for years and anybody who then will go through that more kind of boot camp experience will have a place, to a container to drop into after that to keep working with us. And we're really excited that the legacy program is so affordable. So where Design You was $4,200 a year and worth every penny, the the legacy program, you still get all of our like weekly calls with me and my team and access to a lot of things. But it's like the more like 97 a month, not three something, 297 a month was kind of the equivalent of Design You. So a fraction of the price you can buy for a year and even get a better rate. And so because we wanted to keep our community together, we want to keep growing with people and we want to make it accessible to more people. So I'm always, like you said, playing with. What was perfect during the pandemic was the 12-month container because people had time. People came out of the pandemic and got super busy again, and they really struggled to show up for 12 months. So I'm playing with the idea of what if we create something that's shorter, and can we do that in a way that helps them at the same level? And so that's a fun experiment that we're rolling out soon, too. And we're always testing and trying things. So reach out to us, connect with us. We have some current products available to help you so that you don't have to wait until that rolls out. But we also will have that coming soon. And all of those links I will put in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. And I can't uh, encourage my listeners enough to to go seek out Toby's guidance and support. And her her classes and courses are really amazing. But I want everyone to just hear how Toby just explained that. So some people would have listened to that and said, oh, oh, something didn't work for Toby. So now she's having to rework it. That's not the case. Toby is seeing this as this worked then, this is now going to work better because of X, Y, and Z reasons. And I think designers get caught up with, oh God, I failed. 
Yes. Oh God, I failed. Toby didn't fail. She, hell, she certainly did not fail. She yeah. succeeded and then saw that it wasn't serving the clients that she wanted to serve because the pandemic was over and time and what have mm-hmm. you. And so she pivoted at like you did originally with your uh, going from consumers to designers with yeah. my course from consumers to designers. And yeah. I had a moment. I was like, oh God, this isn't working. And then I said, no, this isn't working for this reason, but it's going right. to work for that yes, reason. Exactly. And you have to be willing to constantly be evaluating and looking yes. at things. Consumer changes faster than ever because we've gotten used to technology. We've gotten used to things being at our fingertips. We've gotten used to having ordering something today and it being here tomorrow from Amazon. And so like, why continue to fight trying to convince people how to make time for 12 months? If they want a 12-month container, after they trust us for like four months, they might move into something else. But it's not right for everybody. So it's really fun. I get excited to try other things. I get excited to constantly be saying, where is the sweet spot where we can meet other people where they are? And so I love that you said that because things run their course, maybe in their current iteration or their current format. Sometimes, I mean, it hasn't run its course. We have, I don't remember how many, a hundred and something members that are still loving the 12 month thing. And we're not abandoning them. They can move right into legacy and stay with us as long as they want. But for all of those people who haven't tried it yet, if you haven't tried it in the five years, it's been available. There's some reason you aren't. So we're giving you some more excuses and reasons to check it out again when we roll out the new thing to say, you know, if time was the issue before, if money was the issue before, then let's get you out of your own way and give you an excuse for those not to be in the way anymore and and try it this other way. And so that's always fun for me. As a child, everybody always said, if she can't come in the door, she'll come in the window or down the chimney or like however she needs to get there. And that's kind of what I do with all of you listening, if you are going to tell me for months and months and months, you don't have time and money, then let me take those two obstacles out of your way. And then what's going to be your excuse? Is it that you just don't want to do the work? Is you don't want to be uncomfortable? Like, but I'm going to, I'm going to get help in every way I can to get you out of your own way. And I think this will get some other people out of their own way. If they know it's a shorter time period, it's a start to a finish. It's almost like at the end of this period, you will be able to do all these things. And so that's going to be a really fun test project. And again, we never know. We never, I never know if any of the things I'm trying are going to work, but I always believe they will until, like you said, I get other information and that's okay too. But it's always a test to say, well, I listened and they all said this. So let me go see if that's what they really meant. And so that's what we're doing over in the consulting world. It's going to be fun. I think it's amazing. And Toby probably doesn't even know she said it, but she referred to it as an experiment. And honestly, I think that is the mindset shift people need. It's an experiment. It does not reflect on you as a person. It does not mean you are good or bad. It is just simply, as Toby used to say in Design You, it's data. All it is is data. It's not an emotion. We turn it into emotions. We turn it Mm -hmm. into something that really, truly it's just numbers. Things are mm-hmm. coming in. Things are going out. Those are numbers. And yeah. and I really, and I struggled with that for a long time in Design You. And I still find my down moments where I, you know, will throw myself a quick pity party. But luckily, they're shorter and shorter. And it, the shorter they are, the faster the pivot. And guess what? The data improves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I really, Toby, I could talk to you for hours, as you know. And I know today the listeners are hopefully scribbling down, but not driving, copious notes mm-hmm. on on the things that we've been talking about. And, and really, you know, the core of it is to really just think about what 
is going to move you into a happier place or mm -hmm. a, a feeling of confidence and then go do that. Whether that is start e-commerce, whether that is pivot a, something you've got going on, whether it is, you know, look into AI and, and take that fear factor away or whether it is mm -hmm. to invest in, in courses like Toby is offering or learn how to manage construction. I mean, there's so much out there that like we talked about earlier that we had no access to in the early days right. of our careers. And so there's just, sometimes it feels like drinking from a fire hose, but at <laughs> yeah, least it's out the there, right? Yeah. At least it's mm -hmm. out there and how fortunate yeah. everyone is today, you and me included. Uh, agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yes. So Toby, I, I can't thank you enough. I can't wait to follow along the e-commerce site. Oh, so give everyone the Instagram. Okay. and Okay. So I always find me on at, at Toby Fairley on Instagram. Like that's our main place, but you can also in our bio on at Toby Fairly, you can find the link to at Fairly Fancy, or it's actually at Shop Fairly Fancy. And the fun the reason we, a lot of times I don't believe in having two Instagrams with an e-commerce you have to, because my main audience does not want me to hammer them with candles and dresses and pillows constantly only. But if they want to see that, then obviously they can sign up for that as well. So you can get kind of the best of both worlds by following us in both of those places. And then if you're not yet on TikTok, it is so fun. I mean, if you have a teenager like me, you can, how can you not be on TikTok? That's all they do. But there's some fun stuff happening over there. We're building that following. And TikTok has a new shop that you can literally shop right within the app. And so, and you don't have to have a certain number of followers as an e-commerce store. You can be brand new and sign up for it. You got to just get approved. So we're testing that. I mean, gosh, we'll always be testing. But find us at Toby Fairly on both Instagram and TikTok. And then at Shop Fairly Fancy on Instagram. And I think it's just at Fairly Fancy on TikTok. But if you put Shop Fairly Fancy or Fairly Fancy, it'll come up on TikTok as well. So, and you can always get our to everything at our websites, tobyfairly.com and fairlyfancy.com. And yeah, we got we got all and kinds of get, things for you. And you can get to know her mini me. Exactly. Yes. Oh my God. My mini me who keeps me humble, keeps me in line. Just when you think you know something, you learn that you don't when you have a, a teenager, like almost more often you know, than not. <laughs> yes. And she's about to be an adult. Uh, and But she's an amazing person, too. I learned so much from her. It's going to be a fun. And, and for those of you that know me well, know that my mom is still right in the mix. So we got three generations all in the mix. We're three little three amigos and we're having the best time. So, um, yeah, you'll see all of our faces at all of those places. And isn't that the goal? Right. Yes. You're having the best of times. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you again, Toby, for being on, for sharing as openly and honestly as you always do. And I know people will be keeping an eye on you and what you're building to come. Ah, uh, thank you. I'm really, this was, a, I mean, I knew this would be good. It was really good. Like I'm going to send people back to this episode because we covered so much. You're so smart in the, thinking about what all you wanted to cover. And we covered a lot today. Uh, you <laughs> took me back to some of my roots that I had even forgot. Like, you brought stories out of me I had didn't even remember happened. So definitely when I'm going to listen to again, I'm going to send some other people to listen to because I think this is one of those resources that people will be able to come back to time and again, especially when they're feeling well, in that slump or any of those things. I, I Trust me, I'm not saying this to fluff you at all because you know I don't need to fluff you. But I mean, really, truly. And I think some of it comes with age and wisdom, yes. but yes. you are so open and honest and, and encouraging without even meaning to, it's like, you know, you can listen and be like, Oh, she can do that. Well, well then maybe I can do this. And, and maybe yes. it's some other random thing that they've been, you know, chewing on or wondering mm -hmm. about. And, and I think you really changed my mind 
my husband would say for the worse about um, invest, <laughs> investing in yourself. Um, but, you know, and we didn't even talk about it, but my husband does constant, you know, imp- what do they call it? Uh, professional development. Now yes. uh-huh. Bank of America pays for it. Right. So that's, that's nice for him. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I mean, there's no professional development for interior designers per se. Right. Unless right? you do it on your own, unless, unless you just you decide do to do it. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And and frankly, I was too busy to figure it out. And without the internet, it was too hard to find. Yeah. 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 So oh, good. I'm so, so, so happy to catch up with you. I loved it. Thank you. Wow. That was a fun one for me. Not only did we share important information that all the designers listening can take actionable steps on, we really enjoy just chatting about what's going on in our lives. And I hope your takeaway is how important it is for Toby and me to support interior designers growth in their businesses, whatever that looks like, whether that's an e-commerce site, whether that's luxury interior design, whether that's podcasting, building courses, really anything a designer wants to take on and excel at, we are all in and willing to help. But I also want the takeaway to be, it is important to invest in yourself. Professional development is a normal term in pretty much every industry except ours. And so if you are looking to up-level in any area of your career, find the mentorship you need, invest in the courses that will move you toward that expert level you are seeking, and then dig in and run with the knowledge you gain. So I hope today's episode was valuable for each of you. We will have all of the links we discussed on the site, but make sure you check out Toby's new e-commerce site, fairlyfancy.com. If you haven't met Toby in person, then you will understand the minute you hit that site that she is the embodiment of joy and color. I know you'll enjoy seeing all of the amazing products that they have just launched. Thank you for listening. And I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't, building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, devinyedesign.com for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.